0: During Jesus' ministry, one of the primary ways he would instruct his disciples was through parables. People would gather from far and wide in order to listen to what Jesus said about the kingdom of God. And the most common way he would explain the kingdom was in parables. In this series, CMC campus pastors examine several parables of Jesus, exploring the rich truths they reveal about who Jesus is and what he came to achieve through his life, death, and resurrection. Now join Associate Pastor Paul Kern as he teaches on the parable of the vineyard workers.
1: We are continuing our series on the parables of Jesus. And uh, Pastor Tim and I have just absolutely loved doing this just because there's just so much meat. And my favorite person to study is Jesus. So I just love hearing what he has to say. So I want to welcome you to session nine In our series of the parables of Jesus, in this session, we're going to be talking about the vineyard workers. If you want to go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 20, that is where we're going to be. And and we're going to go ahead and read this parable together. It's a little lengthy, um, but I feel like it's important that we read it together in Matthew chapter 20 just so that we can get some context um, to what we're going to be talking about tonight. And we're going to start with verse 1 of Matthew 20. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out one morning early to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace. He saw some people standing around, so he hired them, telling them that he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard. At noon, again, and at 3 o'clock, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again. He saw some more people standing around. He asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out, join the others in the vineyard. Well, that evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. And when those he hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage, When those he hired first came to get their pay, they assumed that they would receive more pay, but they too were paid a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Those people worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you've paid us, and we've worked all day in the scorching heat. And he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work for a day of a usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want to do with my money? Should you be jealous because I'm kind to others? So those who are last now will be first then, and those who are first will be last. The parable of the vineyard workers, as do the other parables, begins with Jesus saying, For the kingdom of heaven is like... And that's why Jesus spoke in parables, because Jesus is trying to explain spiritual principles to us. And the only way that we can understand them is with a natural explanation. Right. Because none of us have ever had the privilege of actually seeing what heaven looks like. I have I've never been to heaven I've never seen heaven. I've heard a couple of people in my lifetime that's had some visions of heaven. Um, So, what Jesus would do so that we could understand spiritual truths with our mind, he would use earthly examples so that we would understand. So, often Jesus will say, The kingdom of heaven is like a net cast into the sea. The kingdom of heaven is like a pearl. The kingdom of heaven is like fish. The kingdom of heaven is like sheep and goats. You know, he would do this often so that we could understand what he was trying to teach. And Jesus often used everyday circumstances to reveal spiritual truths. That's why I love Christian ministries so much. This was the thing that attracted me to Christian ministries more than anything else, because, and, and not being critical of other churches, and I'm not saying all churches that I went to did this, but the majority of churches that I visited growing up, they talked about the Bible But when I left, I thought to myself, okay, what can I do with that? How is that going to help me on the job? How is that going to help me live my life? How is that going to help me pay my bills? And that's why I love our church so much because we try to bring a practical word that can help you stay married, help you raise your kids, help you live a life full of joy and success and victory. I mean, that's what. We're wanting to do and that's what jesus did. I love the fact that jesus focused on our life here on earth And not just mystical heavenly teachings You know, jesus didn't get so caught up in all that without making it something that we could use every single day So the point of jesus and his parables most often Was to show us the importance of understanding the kingdom of heaven Because that is how it is to be carried out here on earth. Remember the lord's prayer thy kingdom come thy what? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants us to bring the atmosphere, the culture, the kingdom of heaven to our world and allow the, the influence of the kingdom of heaven and the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven to influence everybody that we come into contact with on a daily basis. So what can we learn from this parable? Everybody look at verse 1 and let's read this again. This will help you understand the way heaven's kingdom operates. There once was a wealthy landowner who went out at daybreak to hire all the laborers that he could find to work in his vineyard. Now, when I was growing up, my dad and my grandfather both were employed men. As a matter of fact, I can't remember a time my whole growing up years, from the time I was old enough to remember anything, all the way up till, you know, they were way up in years, my grandfather and my father were both employed men. I never, ever remember them not having a job. Now, that's pretty amazing. But I really don't ever remember them ever being without work. My grandfather worked at a law firm, and then he was a cattleman and a a farmer after hours. My dad was a foreman in an oil field, and he was a cattleman and a farmer after hours. That's what they did. I mean, they were always working early in the morning before they started their jobs. And late in the evening after they were done with their jobs, they were taking care of the business of the farm, of the cattle, and I was involved in every bit of that. As a matter of fact, I remember my grandfather coming and picking me up before school would start. He would take me out, we had a couple of pieces of of acreage where we ran cattle, and my grandfather was, he bred Brangus cattle, that was his favorite, that's what he loved, and we had quite a bit of acreage, and I was the vice president in charge of opening and closing gates. That was my job title, and I was really young, and I made 50 cents a day and a bottle of Coke, or a candy bar, and it was those good Cokes, the glass-bottled Cokes, oh man, they were the best. And so my whole growing up life and, and every Saturday that I can possibly remember, we were up. We were either spraying cattle or fruit trees or messing with chickens or doing with the catfish or doing honeybees or what, or gardening. My dad had a plethora of things. He always had plenty of work uh, for me to do. Normally, I got dropped off in a big, giant field with as far as you could possibly see, that either had watermelons or peas or something planted in it. And I was out there uh, picking those things and loading them up. So I grew up at a very young age, getting out of bed early, learning how to work. Now, my father and my grandfather taught me a work ethic. Now, I'm not saying I always enjoyed what I was learning, Okay, it wasn't always pleasurable what I was learning. But one of the things that they always told me is that you always want to be a good worker, Paul. And you never want to be lazy, because if you are lazy you will be poor your whole life. Well, I didn't want to be poor. That word did not sound good to me. That was not a, the kind of, I thought, no, that's not what I want to be. And so as a result of my upbringing under these men who worked from da- daylight to dark, I was taught a good work ethic. As a result of that, I've always had a job. I've never been without work. All of my bills are paid. I've never had gotten myself into a bad situation financially just because I've always been a person who, who worked. Now, I want you to notice in this parable who the vineyard owner picked, because this is important. People who were up early, and they were lined up to work. That's who he picked. The people that were at home in bed didn't get picked, because they weren't there to be noticed by the vineyard owner. Are we seeing that? Now, I know this is very practical, but especially for those of you who are just now going into the workforce and you're younger and, you know, you haven't had a lot of experience in this area, I want you to understand how God works. God is the vineyard owner. God never calls people out of an idle life. God calls people out of a productive life. God is all about us all being productive. He calls and he commits to productive people. God doesn't call and commit to people who aren't doing anything. God's going to commit to people who are already doing something. Now, we've already heard the parable of the talents, and he took it away from the one who did nothing with it, and he gave it to the one who was doing something with it. That's God's mentality. That's how God works. I remember when um, I came here to Hot Springs, Arkansas, it was in 1988, I was 23 years old, I had just gotten saved, fresh out of the world, and God had touched my heart and I was on fire for the Lord, but I knew absolutely nothing about living life. I knew nothing about the kingdom of heaven, I knew nothing about the Bible, I knew nothing about Jesus, and so I came to Applied Life, our uh, young adult program here at our church, and I attended for two years and I sat under the teachings day in and day out and day in and day out, and I'll never forget... A class that we were in, and our lead pastor, Tim Brooks, was teaching the class. And Tim said, if I got fired today, I could have a job tomorrow. And I, and, and I heard that. He said, if I lost my job today, I could go downtown and I could have another job tomorrow. I guarantee it. So that stuck in my mind. And, and when I graduated, I knew that I needed to get a job because I have to pay my rent. I'm a young adult now. I got to pay for my groceries. I got to provide for myself. So I went to an electrical and air conditioning company here in Hot Springs because that's what I was doing before I came here. And I remember in some of my classes Tim would say, "You get wherever you're at working, you get there early." I can still it's just right here in my ear. "You get there early." You work harder than anybody else, and you stay late, and you will always have a job, and you will always have money. So when I heard Tim said that, say that, I took that seriously. So I got up early that morning. I went to this place. I was sitting on the front porch before they were even open, and the owner came walking up and said, who are you, and what do you want? And I said, well, my name is Paul Kern, and I'm, I'm looking for a job. And he said, well, man, I, I appreciate that, but we don't have any openings right now. And I said, well, I will make you a really good employee. And he said, well, I appreciate that, but we don't have any openings right now. I said, but I will do you a really, really good job and I will work hard. He said, I appreciate that, but we don't have any openings. And so I said, all right. And I went my way and the next morning, guess where I was before they opened doing exactly what my mentor had told me to do. I was sitting on the front porch in a chair waiting on the man when he came up. And when he walked up, he looked at me and he said, I thought we had a conversation yesterday that I didn't have any work for you. And I said, yes, sir. We did have that conversation, but I want you to know if you hire me, you will never regret it. I will work hard for you and I will be a good employee. And he hired me right there. And he didn't even have a position. He said, well, I guess I can find something for you to do. And he put me to work and I, and I was a good employee for him. And I was able to even lead some guys to Christ uh, there on the job while I was there because a lot of the guys that I worked with didn't know uh, the Lord. But, but I want you to understand the kingdom of God is productive. Th- this is the picture that we're getting as we look at this. One of God's first commands in Genesis was to be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. Second Timothy 3.10. I mean, Second Thessalonians 3.10, Listen. For when we were with you, we instructed you with these words. Anyone who does not want to work for a living should go hungry. Wow, that's kind of cold. Well, I don't know if it is or it isn't. If if you don't want to have any money and you want to be poor and broke your whole life, then yeah, I guess it is. But if you want to have something in life... If you'll do what that says and you'll work, you'll have money. Listen to this one, 1 Thessalonians four eleven. Aspire to lead a calm and peaceful life as you mind your own business and earn your living just as we taught you. See, it's biblical to work. Scripture's clear about living idle, lazy lives. It causes people to get into trouble. And, and, and you TC guys, you Teen Challenge guys that are here, I, I, I want to encourage you in this because when I got in trouble, guys, the most trouble that I ever got into is when I had idle time. That's when I got in the most trouble. When, when I had idle time, I wasn't focused on doing something and my mind was kind of left to itself, that's when I started veering off track and going in a direction that I didn't need to be going, it causes people to get into trouble. It causes people to meddle in other other people's business and live below their God-given potential. When I was 18 years old, I graduated from high school, and um, my brother worked in a, a mining company, a coal company, and I was needing a job right out of high school. I was actually working at a grocery store. I was a stocker and a bagger, but I really needed a full-time position when I got it out of high school, and so I went and applied for a job. They were having a shutdown at this place, and basically, you worked outside. This is a huge place. I'm talking, the, the bulldozers were D8s and D9s. Timmy, you would have absolutely loved it, and I mean, the things that, that dug this, this coal, you could drive six cars up into the bucket. They were massive. They were just absolutely massive, and, and I was just a grunt that got a job that worked there, So when I was hired on, I worked seven days a week, 11 hours a day, every day. Seven days a week, 11 hours a day, every day. As a matter of fact, many days went into overtime. I remember one week I had 111 hours in one week. Now, here is what I want you to understand. Because a lot of people, I'm not working that much. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. I'm not putting in that much time. Now, understand, I got triple time and a half. So I was making really good money. But the funny thing is, I never got in trouble the whole time I had that job. And, and church, you, you don't know me. I stayed in trouble. I was a heathen that was always in some kind of trouble. But the whole time I had that job, I was too tired To get in any trouble. I was, I mean, I woke up at the crack of dawn. I got home at dark. I was so tired. I couldn't even hardly blink. And just enough to eat my dinner and go to bed. And I had a lot of money. You know why? Because I was too tired to spend it. (laughs) So I just put it back in the bank. I just put it in the bank, put it in the bank. I had more money. I was able to go out and buy me a car. I was able to go out and buy me a motorcycle. Paid for all of it, all up front. See, God's way works. It works, but we have to be willing to cooperate with God. As a matter of fact, I believe that work is a form of grace. I really do. I believe work is a form of grace because it gives us purpose. It gives us duty, meaning. It gives us a sense of value. It makes us productive. It makes us a blessing, and it keeps us out of trouble. Work gives dignity and meaning, to life. When people don't work for long periods of time, they lose a sense of identity and their self-worth is eroded. You talk to people who've been out of work for long periods of time, they struggle, especially men, because a lot of men find their identity in what they do. We've got to be doing something. God made us to be productive. God did not design us to sit around on a couch and do nothing all day long. God did not design us to to binge on Netflix and play video games all day long. And I'm not saying there isn't a time for that. There's a time for that. There's a time and season for everything. But God didn't design us. And and we have to understand, church, our flesh wants to be idle. Your flesh wants to do nothing. I mean, if your flesh could be on a perpetual vacation, it would. It would. I mean, if you were left to yourself just lay around if if you had somebody paying you money every day to do nothing your flesh would say that's great but you know here's what i've discovered you would be the most miserable unfulfilled unhappy unjoyful person that you would ever meet because work is a blessing in our life <clears throat> now god is a perpetual worker god never sleeps god never slumbers god never rests god is always busy And I want you to notice that we are hired by God in the vineyard to work for God in the vineyard. And when we grasp this truth, it gives our lives, even the work that we do in our everyday life, it gives it purpose and meaning. See, if we can grasp this key, it'll ignite passion in us for whatever work it is that we're doing. Now, we all have things that we are responsible for. To do whether it be work around the house or work at our job. I know you Teen Challenge guys have responsibility there at the ministry and you have certain responsibilities and jobs that you're required to do. But as we look at this, I want you to notice in the parable that the vineyard worker went back looking for more workers. He went at 9 a.m. He went at lunch. He went at 3 p.m. He even went at 5 p.m. in the afternoon, almost at the very end of the day. And I believe there are a couple of explanations or different uh, explanations that we can look at as to why he went back for more workers. And I want to kind of look at this just a minute. Uh, One reason I think he went back to look for more workers is because the work of the kingdom is constantly growing. It's always growing. Um, God has plenty of work to go around for everybody. I can promise you that. Never say that God looked over me or God doesn't have anything for me because God is always needing more and more workers. Why? Here's why. Healthy things grow. Trees grow. Plants grow. People grow. Anything that's healthy is going to grow. Businesses that are healthy will grow. Ministries that are healthy will grow. Your spiritual life, it's, if it's healthy, it will grow. Now, more crops being planted, existing crops being maintained, all of this takes human effort to get it done in the vineyard. New hires are a way to keep up with the work. I also think about, you know, in the early years, and and I've mentioned this a couple times when I speak, but in the early years when, and I'm talking over 25 years ago, so we're dipping a little way back. But when when I first came on staff, it was basically Tim and Terry and my wife and I and a couple other people um, that worked here. And we were very, very busy with what we had to do. But church, there is no possible way in the world that we could keep up with all that we have to do around here now with that amount of people. Why? Because healthy things grow. And our church, and my prayer is, as long as you go here, it will always be growing. You will always hear Tim talking about another building. You will always hear Tim talking about something else that we're adding or we're doing because healthy things always grow. God is all about growth because growth is healthy. The second possibility is worker attrition. Uh, You know, I think maybe some of the people hired early in the day grew tired. They got weary of what they were doing. And they left the vineyard. Perhaps they decided that it was too much work, it was too hard, it was too much effort. They weren't cut out for it, and so they had to be replaced because the work never ends. The work is always needed to be done. That, you know, that's why Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send workers into his harvest. Because God is constantly at work causing his seed to grow, and he's got to have people that are going to work his vineyard. And if somebody can't keep up and they drop off, others have to be found and they have to re- be replaced. The, the, the job I mentioned when I was 18, I took that job. And as a matter of fact, I had a, a couple, at least a couple of friends of mine that uh, got hired on at the same time I did. <clears throat> and I remember meeting some other young guys that were there. And, and basically, you know, it was a grunt job. I mean, basically what we were just threw out in a big open field, you couldn't see anything for miles around but dirt. And we picked up roots and stumps and piled them up and burned them. That was our job from the sun coming up to the sun going down. You were out in the field and you had a sack lunch. And if you need to go to the bathroom, good luck. That's the way it worked. And I remember a lot of those guys that hired on just a couple of weeks into it couldn't hang. I, I'm not doing this. I just, I'm, I'm better than this. I, I, I'm not going to sit out here and throw roots into a pile. I, there's no way I'm going to do that. <clears throat> and I failed to mention that my older brother also worked at this company, and he's nine years older than me. He was much higher up, and he would constantly drive by in a truck and hang out the window and shout things at me that I'm not at liberty to repeat in here. And I'm still bitter at you about that, and if you're listening to this podcast, I just want you to know it. But we all know people who start out enthusiastically, right? Uh, Statistically, 90% of all small businesses start in the U.S. fail within the first year. People are very excited to start things. They're very enthusiastic about starting things. But it's very difficult for people to finish what they start. The passion fades under difficulty. The passion fades under strain, under weariness. I think one of the big things that gets people more than anything is just the mundaneness of just the day in, day out, everyday life of just getting up and going to work and coming home and getting up, going to work and coming home. You know, it never ceases to amaze me. We have interns come through our program. Uh, at Applied Life Leaders Academy, and I've been the administrator over that for a number of years now. And, you know, when they first come here, they're just so excited. I mean, they are just absolutely out of their mind excited about getting to come to this program. And they're just super, super excited. And, you know, we go through the classes and we teach and, and they love it. And, you know, and we, we have this conversation of this isn't my first day to teach this class. I've been doing this now for 25 years. I've lived across the street for 21 in the same house, coming back and forth, doing the same job every day, day in and day out and day in and day out. I said, would you guys ever know that it was not my first day on the job? No, no, you're really excited. I said, that's right, because that is our responsibility as believers. We have to guard against life stealing our vision and our passion and our motivation. And like I said, you know, I know there's, we all have had major train derailments in life and hard things and tragedies even that come. And those, and those things are difficult, and I don't want to make light of those at all. But, but I really think it's just the day-in, day-out grind. It's just the mundaneness that really gets people more than anything else where they aren't able to maintain Their vision. Now I want you to notice all who were paid a wage didn't receive their wage until the end of the day. He didn't pay them at the beginning of the day, he paid them at the ending of the day. In other words, they had to endure to the end, they had to endure until the job was completely done. The work of planning, growing, harvesting that continued until the job is complete and only then in the vineyard of the Lord do we receive our pay that's why Jesus would often say if you will endure to the end those that who will endure to the end will receive the prize see we've got to endure to the end we've got to stay faithful to what God's called us to do day in and day out. I'm so grateful. I think about people, and I don't want to call names, but, but, but church, I could. I could call so many names of people in our church who have been so faithfully committed to what God has called them to do for so long in our ministry, and I talk to these people, and they're still excited about what they're doing. I love that. That, that, that excites me. <clears throat> and I think when you get to the place that you're not excited about doing things for the kingdom of God, that's when you need to get a heart change. That's when you need to, okay, God, you know, renew me, refresh me. Now, maybe you do need a little bit of a, you know, three or four day vacation or something. I don't know to, you know, I'll have to have a little downtime. But but honestly, church, I, I find my passion and my invigoration and my fuel from just spending time with Jesus, from praying, from getting in God's word, spending time in worship. But even doing what God's called me to do invigorates me. That doing our job, doing what we're called to do, I, I, I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you love to work? Do you love to work? And there will be some people in here who say, "Absolutely, I love to work," and, I, and I'm glad to hear that. And I hope you do, as this parable shows that the kingdom of God is like a vineyard full of workers, each hired by the owner for a specific job and a specific duty at a specific time. Now, we have to love work enough to seek it out and to stay with it each day. Even the menial things that we don't necessarily enjoy doing, we still have to do those things, like take out the trash. Now, I can't stand taking out the trash, and it's every day. I feel like at my house, we I don't know, I feel like there's like hidden people living in our house that just come put stuff in y'all know what i'm talking about they just put stuff in your trash can because i like i empty it and it feels like it's like 10 minutes after i emptied it, i turn around how did that get full again i just carried it out so and there's those kinds of things now i don't necessarily love every job i do but i love to work because i know that i'm doing it unto the lord in your job, yes, you are hired by a certain business, you have a boss that you work for, but you do your work as unto the Lord, not unto on, on man. That's what the Scripture says. We work for the Lord. And the good thing is, God's a great boss. Now, God expects us to be productive, but God is a God who rewards See, at the end of the day, the workers got paid for what they did. He made it worth their while for the work that they did. God will finish his work on earth in this age. It's all being done in a set manner, according to a great plan right now that God has in place. And Jesus Christ set his parables within everyday activities to form a basis of life. Through them, we learn all kinds of things, and we've been learning them in this series, including what the kingdom is and, and how we enter it and how it operates. But what we see from this parable tonight, as I'm closing, is just a handful of things as I wrap up. Number one, we have to be willing to enter the vineyard and work. You've got to be willing to be a worker in God's vineyard. And what I want to tag with that is this. If you're only warming a seat in this building, you're missing what God has called you to do. God has not called you to come here and sit in a seat and then leave. God has called you to a work here. Well, Paul, there's not anything here for me to do. That's not true. God would not have led you here and called you here if there was not work for you to do. As a matter of fact, the vineyard owner is constantly going back looking for more people. So there is work for you to do. That's very important. Number two, we must make ourselves available to God, the landowner, to find us. So in other words, if you come late and you leave early, it's going to be very hard for the landowner to find you and give you something to do. Does that make sense? Like I said at my job, I got there early. He recognized me. He saw me. I stuck out. So I have young adults come up to me and they, you know, they're like graduate from our internship or they come to our church and they'll say, Paul, what can I do? What can I do to serve? You know, I like to use Ella as an example. I work with her all the time. And Ella came, you know, what, what can I do? How can I help? How can I serve? And boy, I tell you what, we gave her a list. She probably wish she never had to ask us that question. We gave her a, th- a list of things to do because we're all called to serve and work. The next thing I want you to see is, well, have to want to work. If you don't want to work, then you need to pray that God will help you get a good attitude about work and love work. Because we have to understand that God's always going to reward work. Every single time, God will reward the fruit of our efforts with blessings, with provision, with monetary things, and with spiritual blessings. You know, when we work in God's kingdom, you know, one of the big things that we get is just the fruit of sowing into people's lives. Seeing lives change, that's my most favorite thing. I, I, my greatest reward is not getting a paycheck. My greatest reward is seeing marriages restored and homes be healthy and people living their life for the Lord and loving Jesus and finding their purpose and locking into what God's got for them. And lastly, We have to endure to the end of the workday, however long that may be for each of us. Now, obviously, church, I know all of us, if you've lived very long, you've wanted to quit. You've wanted to give up. It got hard. You got frustrated. You flabbergasted, whatever you want to call it. You came to the end of yourself. I'm just done. I'm tired. I give up. God, I'm just can't take it anymore. We've all been in those places. But if you'll just have tenacity and you'll have a never-say-quit attitude, I promise you, you will work yourself through that phase of difficulty that you're in, and you will come out on the other side a much stronger, more fulfilled, better person as a result of it. The calling of God's kingdom is the highest and noblest calling that any of us could have in life. If we don't quit, if we don't lose heart, we will receive the promised reward, and we will partner with God not only here, but also in the life to come. Amen? Did y'all get something out of that? Let's give the Lord a hand clap tonight. Stand with me. We're going to pray together and I'm going to dismiss us. Father, we thank you for your word. God, help us to go tomorrow with enthusiasm, knowing that we don't work for a person, we work for you. God, use us in our workplaces. God, help our attitudes. Help us to be that faithful worker in your vineyard. God, open up doors of opportunity for us. Give us your favor. Bless us with your spiritual blessings. Help us, God as we work in the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to the Christian Ministries Church Weekly Podcast. We want to take a moment to tell you about our internship designed for college-age young adults. Applied Life Leaders Academy has been equipping young adults for over 30 years, recognizing the cost higher education and the moral and ethical challenges students face today. Leaders Academy is designed to address those needs and more. LA is a 9 month internship tailored to give interns a biblical worldview and prepare them with practical life skills to meet the demands of adult life. If you have a soon-to-be high school graduate or a young person 18 to 25 years of age, LA is a great place for them to mature and find direction. For more information, visit our website at AppliedLife.com. Spots are limited, so we encourage you to register today.